0: If a podcast falls in the forest and nobody listens to it but the co-host, does it really exist?
1: You're talking about our podcast, dude. That's true. <laughs> that, that's all the episodes. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast this is review number 587 with a review of birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn i'm christopher snazzy and i'm stephen miller and if you're joining us for the first time the spoiler warning podcast is a weekly film review program each week in the show we're going to dive in debate discuss and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week we are talking about birds of prey
0: and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn
1: um so yeah but also this week um just last night in fact were the oscars um this is a film podcast so we have to at least in passing mention the oscars uh yeah steven how how did you feel about how everything went went by last night uh well so for
0: starters i think you and i were maybe both in this kind of strange position compared to the critical consensus of generally liking pretty much everything that was nominated yeah at least for best picture um so i wasn't of the camp of being like oh my god they better not give it to 1917 or oh god they better not do this like for the most part my bar was already relatively high but with that said i was kind of bracing for my my least excited picks to win a bunch of awards like i thought I thought 1917 and JoJo and Joker were going to start to sweep a ton of things. I thought, like, Parasite would maybe win international. I was hoping Parasite would win director, but otherwise, like, my hopes were not high for anything. And I feel like they kind of exceeded my expectations in most places. They generally went with cooler or more interesting picks than the one I would have set for them. The only real places that I would say they like went below my expectation were like animated for instance i feel like toy story 4 is probably the least interesting choice to make this year um the uh documentary category like i loved american factory a lot but also i feel like that's kind of like that is very much the icarus choice to make this year like it's the okay let's keep it simple keep it in like u.s type of Netflix documentary. I don't, I don't know. There was something kind of weird <laughs> about that. But most of the interesting or important awards, I feel like they they either did the pretty good thing I thought they were going to do or they did even better than I expected. So, yeah. like, I loved all the Parasite Love. It was your number one movie of the year, so I assume you also feel that way.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I... I I wanted to hold out the hope that the Academy could do it and would potentially give it best picture. um, And I was pleasantly surprised that they did. Uh, It made me very, very happy. I said it was the best thing that came out last year. So cool. That's exactly what I wanted. I think, I think my only two hopes for this, I mostly hopes. Yeah, (laughs) it was the two hopes. Um, My, 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 my only main thing for this film is I wanted 1917 to get all the technical awards (laughs) and I wanted parasite to win best picture. Mm -hmm. And I got that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, 19. So 1917 and Ford v Ferrari kind of split the technical awards. True, I thought true. one would sweep them. Like, it was interesting that editing went to Ford v Ferrari, but mixing went to 1917. Yeah. I, I don't normally remember those things getting split that way, but it, it makes sense, actually. Like, I kind of think that breakdown was good. I think those. I would have expected 1917 to win for production design. Actually, I was kind of surprised that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood took that one.
1: Yeah, I I was a little bit surprised by that one as well. But I I was like, I I I didn't care yeah. that it was lost um, by 1917. Um, I mostly just didn't care at all. But I, I was just happy that some of the main technical things went to 1917.
0: Yeah, my main the screenplay awards I wasn't a major fan of like don't get me wrong parasite is great but usually in hindsight now knowing parasite would win the other ones you kind of want the screenplay to award the thing that isn't going to win the other major awards later true um so in my fantasy universe marriage story wins original screenplay and little women wins adapted screenplay and then you have a kind of like greta and noah thing and I, i do think it adapted like if you're actually awarding the act of adapting something like no offense to jojo which i liked quite a bit but I don't think adaptation is the skill of that. I feel like Little Women was like all about adapting. So yeah, that is true. Th- that, that was something I think it would have been a neat little parallel of those two won for those awards.
1: Yeah. You, just, you want to shift the Oscar winnings? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I want to spread the wealth <laughs> a little bit. Why well, should Bond get all the credit? But, uh,
1: <laughs> but, I mean, really, if you think about it, though, if something is going to go into best picture, what makes up that thing? It's things like directing, things like script. Like, right. it, it, it does make sense that there's this, like, progression that happened and build to- towards that win, Um But but yeah sure for for some reason I've
0: been led to always assume the screenplay is kind of like the consolation prize for the thing that isn't gonna win best movie or best director but like we still (laughs) want because a bunch
1: of writer directors historically have been shafted on director noms but gotten the the script
0: yeah yeah but but overall no I was happy I, I was happy with seeing like most of the acting wins like Renee is still odd to me I haven't seen Judy so I have no idea if it's deserved or not but otherwise like. Pitt was great to see Joaquin always love his kind of like vulnerable awkwardly direct speeches. I think those are cool. Laura Dern just seems like the queen this year. I don't know. I'm I'm happy to see her get praised for things. Yeah. So, like, it was it was a good time and really 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 interesting to see like the way Parasite has kind of had this perfect track record where it got Palme d'Or which since the creation of the Palme d'Or only one movie has won that and the Academy Award, and it was the very first one that got got the palm. Uh, and then it went on to win critical acclaim. It won love at all the major festivals. It was a box office success, at least in the markets that it went to. Yeah. And then it sweeps awards and wins the Academy Award in the end. Like, what an amazing feat for any movie, let alone a foreign movie. So that, yeah. that's pretty cool to see. I, I was pretty happy to see the Academy take what could have been a very kind of predictable uninteresting year that the floor was way higher than last year like there was no green book there was no bohemian rhapsody but still (laughs) it was nice to see even in things like visual effects i was sure they were going to go something like lion king something that was like kind of uncannily over the top and they picked the movie that actually like used it in a clever way without like hitting you over the head with it it kind of felt like they did nominations that were only half cool and half uncool and then they like course corrected after that and we're like oh god we got to be cool for what we pick in the end yeah
1: course corrected as far as you can when you've already locked in your nominations Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) i do have to say to the the live action short the one called the neighbor's window is a it's a good one it's the only short i've ever seen that makes room for a music montage in the middle which was kind of interesting (laughs) uh, check it out trying to pad that (laughs) runtime yeah well no it felt like it was taking its time like it's not what i expect from a short film gotcha
1: all right. Well, on from the uh, Oscars to uh, this week's film, which um may or may not show up in the Oscars next year. We'll find out. <laughs> um but yeah, we are here to talk about Birds of Prey. I'll do a hand motion to Stephen, but he's not looking at me to continue the title.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn.
1: <laughs> so we are going to take a listen to the trailer for that film and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime.
0: And what terrible crime is that? This one. Ah, shit. I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within.
1: (laughs) It's oh
0: so quiet. Now that i cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people want me dead. And at the top of that list is this guy. um, But it turns out (laughs) I wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. robbed him you betrayed him you killed his BFF what
1: you are so cool
0: you're dumb enough to be building a case against him so unless we all want to die very unpleasant death we're gonna have to work together sure
1: Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah.
0: Are we ready? You blow up, you. Turn it up. Turn it up.
1: Shit, is that a hyena in a bathtub? Named him Bruce after that hunky Wayne guy. (laughs) Shh. All right, so uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is a sort of spinoff, if you will, from uh, the last film that we saw in this universe, Um, the frickin' Suicide Squad. (laughs) I almost forgot what that film was called. Um, But essentially, uh, Harley Quinn and Mr. J have uh, split up. And without the protection that comes from being the significant other of Mr. J, um, she is sort of on her own and trying to gain her own dominance in the world. And uh, some people who maybe uh, have some grievances with her (laughs) are going to come bring those grievances up. And uh, she kind of finds herself uh, mixed in with a series of different events that are all culminating in a new big bad in town, sort of having to confront everybody and... uh, Along the way, she might find some friends and might find strength in uh, being herself and not relying on uh, toxic uh, motherfuckers. <laughs> Stephen Miller, what did you think of Birds of Prey? Um, so in
0: Suicide Squad, I was not actually the biggest fan of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Like, I know she was kind of one of the breakout aspects of that movie. But for me, that never completely clicked. And I still don't know if I'm the biggest fan of her or Harley Quinn, but I do think this movie does a really good job of showcasing her. Um, to me, this is her version of what Rocket Man was for Elton John, which is like the movie that just takes whatever the essence of the character is and just like explodes it and is like, Look, you might not love it, you might hate it, but you can't <laughs> deny that like we are putting it all on the screen. Like it we is are it. The entire movie is going to be, like, fueled by the psychology of the main character that we are homaging. Um, And for me, I actually thought this was a, though by no means a perfect movie. We'll we'll get into plenty of things that I think are lacking about it. I thought this was actually surprisingly a lot of fun. This was a movie that I had way more fun with than I expected to. Um, And I think part of it is just the cast is generally great in this like I think Margot does a great job Rosie Perez as the detective Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the huntress uh Black Canary as someone I had never seen before uh Smollett Bell Journey Smollett Bell um and then of course the villain Ewan Ewan McGregor I think is just such a great campy villain in this movie To, to me he was like jake gyllenhaal and spider-man levels of great just like a guy who showed up and is like i am going to chew the fuck out of every scene i'm gonna be this <laughs> wacky hilarious campy guy and chris messina is his like strange sidekick it i i thought that all worked really really well like yeah. i had a few laugh out loud moments uh watching them and i think so the action in this movie does not evolve very well but i think it is fun in the way that it works it kind of it felt like that one scene in the Kingsman to me um, where it's kind of like a long take, like beat up everyone in the room uh, mentality is in,
1: in the bar or is uh, this? Uh,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in the bar and in the church actually, but more oh, yeah. in the bar, I guess the church was a little more. Or the extreme. end of the
1: second one that yeah. ends with a meat grinder. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So it, it felt kind of like that where it's like over the top, slow motion, kick-ass outwears its welcome a little bit, but it, they don't lean so hard on it. So I think it stays fresh most of the time. And, the choice this movie makes uh, to basically inter introduce all the birds of prey separately and kind of have them team up only by the end, I, I don't think it's too spoilery to say that that's kind of what the movie is doing. People who know comic books will definitely know that that's where it's going. Yeah. Um, they do this interesting thing where every one of the birds kind of gets their own genre and their own treatment, and they don't try to glue those tones together very much at all. And I think... That that works more than it doesn't work for me. Like I liked like Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in like Kill Bill basically, and uh, the Black Canary is in her noir type movie, and then the detective is very overtly in a '80s or '90s police drama. Like there, there were things that I just thought there was a lot of kind of creativity and silliness in this movie that I liked, even though I don't think Harley actually manages to unify them in any way. This kind of felt more like a. A pastiche of like a bunch of different ideas than it did like one coherent storyline. Um I do think though the storytelling works pretty well in this movie. They do this thing where it starts with an inciting event and then works its way backwards and then kind of a few times shows different characters and how they will arrive to the same te- scene at the same time and I think that all was pretty great. Like I think it helped that we had just seen The Gentleman the week before so I was kind of already in the mindset of like Show me what I missed, you know, you're, like play with timelines. You're stepping on my joke,
1: Steven. You're stepping on oh, my joke. Oh, boy. All I right. was going to pitch a double feature called Ladies and the Gentlemen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it, it would go well. Uh, I, I think they would definitely fit well together. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the, the style was just fun. I got like kind of Sin City vibes from parts of it. Like it was like the splashes of color, the very comic booky nature of it. And even though I think it, parts of it are kind of paper thin and the plot, I'm kind of hard pressed now to tell you that much about what happened, but I know I had a fun time watching it and it was a good kind of girl power romp that doesn't take itself too seriously or try to be too proud of whatever message it's pushing. It, it, it tends to just be like, let's just make a, a fun movie that is like unabashedly living in Harley's world. And I think it works pretty well.
1: So yeah, I, I as I said, you kind of stopped my joke because I did want to pitch this as a d- double feature with the gentleman um, because like that film, what succeeds in the film is these, you know, these actors and actresses really giving it their all to have fun and be in this sort of weird, silly situation that is sort of like, you can tell they are enjoying themselves in this film, even Mm -hmm. if not everything works perfectly. Um, And I think that like, as I was watching this film, it really made me think about watching The Gentleman and feeling like this is, like, even, like, a, maybe a level above where they are enjoying so much playing these characters that that comes forward off the screen into you and you kind of vibe with it. Um Beyond that, though, I, I, I really, really enjoyed uh the Harley Quinn character in this story because one of the things that's, like, I, we know, we've known a little bit of the backstory about her being a psychologist at the asylum and, like, falling in love with the Joker and then him sort of, like, you know... Basically destroying her, <laughs> um, but what I loved is is the the running gag of the psychologist hasn't left her. She still has that mindset, and she's incredibly self aware. She's not just a person who has you know been driven mad by working in the asylum and falling in love with the Joker, but she still has the hundred percent conscious, self aware, analytical side of her brain where she can like dissect her own actions and emotions or the actions and emotions of every, er, other characters. And that ended up being like a really funny little moment to like insert these little bits where you're like, okay, cool. Like this is not just about this character emancipating herself. It's like she's always been in there and she has this like really uh strong internal drive and understanding of the stuff she's putting herself in. And I, I thought that was like a, a very fun sort of way to play with this character. Um I also think that specifically her fight scenes like her solo um times that she goes up against other people um thinking thinking the police station um other moments like that like they are really very inventive really really fun moments i think that the action breaks down once you have all of the birds of prey acting at the same time it's sort of it's sort of instead it becomes instead of instead of continuing to be really inventive fight choreography that really shows off the individual characters, it becomes this free for all where people are just sort of like running around and roller skating and like jumping off of things and bouncing everywhere. And it's sort of, there's not enough interesting things happening. It goes more for like
0: quantity than quality at that point. Yeah.
1: and, And there's no like love or hate the Marvel films when everything gets really chaotic, they stop for brief moments to have those hero shots where all the characters are fighting at once or you get the 360 pano sort of like capture and stuff like that. Those things are you taking a moment from the chaos to show your heroes and give them a second to shine. And this lacks that. It just becomes chaos in the end. And I think that those kind of moments let me down a little bit. Uh, but overall, I think I had fun with this character. I am a little less hot on the story. (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, I know you're not praising the overall narrative of the film, but you like the sort of switch back and forth and how it kind of brings all the characters together. For me, I sort of felt like these characters don't belong together. Mm. (laughs) Like, nothing about their journey really shows them teaming up. They sort of team up because that's the movie that it's supposed to be, and it happens really close to the end. And I felt like some of the narrative arcs that put them together felt... Very convenient. Um, And I don't know if we want to talk spoilers or not, but there's one character whose motivation is driven by a thing that defines everyone else in the story's motivation, but that character never seems to make the connection and doesn't seem to care about it. And the very last shot of this film seems real stupid considering some information that Harley gives us through her own dialogue that narrates the whole setup for everything. Um, so, I don't know, we, we can talk about it or not, but there are some things that really kind of made me go like, why in this film? But overall, I had a good time with it, and uh, it's a, n- a nice way to kill two hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it is interesting that it a team-up movie is almost not what this is going for. It's more like, how can these people accidentally wind up together at the very end, right? Like it, and that kind of surprised me. I thought it was going to be a movie where the first half is them gathering together and then the second half would be them accomplishing a thing. And that is definitely not what this movie wanted to yeah. do. This movie is kind of like, let me trace these threads and in the last 15 minutes of the movie, then they will be together and they still don't really know why they're together, but they're going to fight and it'll be cool anyway. Um so it definitely didn't do the heavy lifting of like teeing up a I'm supposed to love them as a group. It felt more like this crazy, chaotic story narrated by Harley Quinn that has all these characters that have at least one moment where they're all in the same room. Uh, That that was kind of how I how I felt. I will say sometimes I thought this movie was overall very funny, but sometimes it did go a little too deadpool to me in the humor. Like there were times where it was being a little more self-aware than it needed to be, or maybe like a little more like intentionally over the top and silly and just like I'm going to deflate the genre that I'm in by making fun of everything like that didn't all work for me and this is the classic part of any episode where I rant about the audience that I'm with (laughs) in this theater Um,
1: hey Steven we were together (laughs) I
0: know so that side of me was great (laughs) the side that Chris was sitting on Um, so this is a movie that if you wanted to you could decide this is a a overtly girls rule boys rule type of movie and to be fair it, it's playing with this like riot girl type aesthetic like 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 it's having a lot of fun in that sandbox i, I won't deny it it's totally cool for that too I, I dig it yeah but when you're in a san francisco audience at the alamo you tend to get a crowd of people that very much want a movie to be socially about the thing that they want it to be about and i knew i was in trouble when the woman who was sitting next to me was laughing preemptively during trailers at completely not funny moments in things. Yeah. Like 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 there was a look at uh I, I think it was like a like a Wesley Snipes features that they were gonna be showing. Oh yeah. And the... she just like in the silence she would just go, ha and I was like, "Oh no, this is who I'm dealing with." And sure enough, she tried performatively laughing so much every time anything that sounded like a "fuck men" line yeah. came in the movie. And there, there were there, people... was a, there
1: were a number of hoots and hollers yeah, throughout well, the crowd, but her her particular hoots and particular hollers. Oh, she
0: she was hooting, and there was a. <laughs> there were. I swear to God, there would be see, like lines in this movie that people were literally snapping at afterwards. Like, yeah. I felt people snapping, and it that bothered me because i actually think this movie does a great job of drawing that line where it is like it is for sure playing in the like girl power let's make a film that like has representation and that is like showcasing like female villains and female heroes for a change but it does it without being obnoxious or self-congratulatory so well and then the audience just found this way to still self-congratulate in a way that kind of i i had to like tune them out after a while because they were kind of annoying me with their uh Desire to make this movie into like some epic like clapback or whatever, which is not what the movie is doing. <laughs> um, but anyway, that that that's my little rant hat. The audience almost ruined it for me, but I managed to ignore them. Yeah,
1: you know, you, you brought up Deadpool, and one thing the Deadpool does, I I think great is. Uh, make fun of the fact that it is in another film's universe but can't have those characters in it because of budgetary reasons slash licensing right yep. how do you think this film dealt with the because I mean if, if you really think about it there is no real this doesn't feel like Gotham and it doesn't feel like it really sits within that universe other than the fact that Harley Quinn keeps saying Mr. J and we're definitely broken up and it's sort of it feels like its own full-on offshoot, but a character completely references it. And then one of the Birds of Prey, the running joke is that they've never heard of the Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I like, how do you—do you think this sh- this film should have tried to play in that sandbox a little bit more, or are, do you care?
0: I don't know. I mean, the sandbox, like, even Suicide Squad didn't feel Gotham to me at all, right? It just felt like a collection of characters with— this like crazy aesthetic tying them all together so to to me the real question is joker and should joker have been there and if not should they have done more to make you believe this lives in the same world the joker lives in and i don't know like i I think the meta aspect of like we're not even going to show him in the movie works with what the movie is doing where harley is being emancipated from this and she's not she's stepping out of his shadow um i kind of think any any attempt to actually depict the joker in this movie would like just inevitably screw that up a little bit like it just because it's such an iconic character i yeah. feel like you don't you don't want that iconic character showing up for two seconds and then leaving um so i i liked it like yeah i i didn't really feel like this lived in gotham but i felt like this definitely lived in the dc extended universe this this had an infectious enough bright colorful zany vibe that i felt like it like it fits with the rest of the catalog to me so i yeah, I, I thought I handled that well, actually. It self-references enough without feeling like the scene in Arrested Development when they open the cabinet and there's only, like, one granola bar in it. Yeah. Like, like, this didn't feel like it was just calling attention to, we can't get these characters. It was more like, fuck those other characters. I'm Harley Quinn. I'm going to show you a bunch of new characters that you probably didn't know about before.
1: Yeah. So one, one of the, the interesting things about that, though, is that, so, we th- this film starts with sort of, like, a cartoon retelling of our whole history. And one of the things it talks about is that, like, Not that they've broken up many times before, but sort of many, many a time, the Joker has sort of like pushed her aside and she's come running back, right? Mm. So whether those are actual breakups, we don't really know. Or whether it's just him like not wanting to pay attention to her and then like eventually being fine with her being there. Part of this premise of the story is that because they're broken up, she is now in danger because most people didn't bother trying to kill her because she was joker's girl Mm. i'm not the joker but i feel like if someone tries to kill my freshly broken up ex i'm still gonna come for your ass right Mm.
0: (laughs) well yeah like who knows the breakup is for real
1: right yeah yeah exactly like the i like there's part of that like i like that premise from a starting point like an idea of of oh now she's like it's more than just like she's emancipating herself from like the Joker, but she is now literally on her own and has to be everything that she needs on her own. I like that from a storytelling perspective and from a journey for that character, but it still made me think that like, these are the dumbest criminals in the, first of all, these criminals are dumb to think that now they can try to kill her because I would as, I would assume as a criminal, not, not as a criminal in real life, but like as somebody who is pretending to put myself in the mindset of a criminal, I would believe that the Joker would still be a threat to me if I fucked with Harley. And second of all, if uh, Ewan McGregor's character is really like rising to power so quickly and the Joker's so scary that nobody can touch him or rival him, you would think the Joker would have Ewan McGregor on his – as a target – just because this is somebody gaining power in my city. So there are things that this story sort of like... It, it, it's it's too... It's it sandbox is too small. Like it's a little like a... It's like a sandbox that is just Garfield's bed, right? Sure. <laughs> and it feels like it's it, it's not trying to really exist in the world where the greater characters would actually run their day-to-day businesses and stuff it just feels like let's have some fun time with these characters um so that that, kind of weirded me out a little bit
0: no i uh, i I can see that it definitely does not want to live with the ramifications of its ideas and it it felt less like this is a world that is run by the joker and other criminals are also here let's let them live side by side then more it was just like hey wouldn't it be funny if we had a movie where like all of these villains just exist and it's taken for granted that they exist and then we just have a movie where they fight each other, right? Like yeah. this, it didn't feel like it was trying to do more than that. It, it kind of felt more like John Wick, how it's just like, what if everyone is a hitman, right? Like, yeah, let's yeah. explore that world where all the hitmen are out to get this one hitman. Uh This was kind of like, what if all the, all the B villains are out to get this A minus villain? Like, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> know, I don't know where Harley falls in the like canon of uh superhero villains, but it kind yeah. of, it, it kind of felt like one of those to me. So I I didn't mind it because, again, it was all kind of like – I think it steers into that ridiculousness well enough. And I think from a storytelling perspective, that is so fun. A, a comparison I felt maybe just because Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in it was I kind of thought about um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world and, like, the army of exes that are coming <laughs> one by one. And this kind of felt like that where she just, like, has to surmount, like, so many things that are coming her way yeah. as the fallout of this breakup uh, ensues. So that was – that was fun for me, too. Um, I do think, though—so you mentioned really liking what this movie does with Harley Quinn, and I I get the the psychologist angle and how they let that feed in, and she gets a kind of, like, self-conscious narration of what she is doing and why she's doing it running through the movie. But I still feel that, ultimately, the movie didn't give Harley the depth that I would have wanted. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a limitation of the character or if it's just a limitation of— the construct of the film where they wanted to introduce so many other people. I think despite her being the biggest character in this world and the unifying force that brings the birds of prey to each other, I don't know that this movie ever gave her clear motives and a clear point of view so much as made her be an instrument for the chaos, like the kind of good natured chaos that would allow for everyone else to come together. I think she is not overshadowed by any one person, but I think the the sheer quantity of people in her orbit make it hard for me to latch onto her as a character that I feel I understand at the end. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I, I, I don't think it gave her that depth. I think it gave her a level of humor that I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree that it, it, it. This film, in general, it's introducing us to six. Is it six characters? um i don't know
0: you got uh detective montoya you got the huntress you got black canary you got cassandra um are we are we talking about the bad people too in this movie or yeah, the, the uh, bad, we're, bad? we're saying the good people okay so you got those four <clears throat> plus harley okay, so it's yeah. it's interesting
1: it's interesting it's, it's inter- introducing us to four new characters and then we have our character that's started this story um and it doesn't really have on it, it's not really an origin story for each of those characters it just offhandedly references some of their origins at certain points of time and i think that this film is really about them playing together and not about them solidifying what the birds of prey are yeah so
0: yeah definitely they don't and to be fair i don't think suicide squad does that either but nobody's holding suicide squad up as a bar to try to exceed you want to be way better than suicide squad not just a little bit better
1: but the premise of suicide squad is all of these b heroes who are worth nothing to nobody are being forced together by a government agency birds of prey is these five distinct women coming together of their own volition or circumstance right so it's it's trying to do something different so the failure of that in suicide squad is not as sort of it doesn't weigh as much on the overall narrative because the literal story is these, you know, however many people it were who don't give a shit about each other, who are being forced to work together, who are all like side characters that nobody who didn't read the comics will know. And this is also a bunch of people who you're not going to know if you didn't read the comics. But there's not at, there's not one universal force that is forcing them to work together. There is just coincidence around a central narrative that forces mm-hmm. them to work together. So it's sort of like, I. though this is definitely better than Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad's basic premise is more easy to allow for than the premise in this film.
0: Yeah, I think I buy that. I, I'm, I'm fine with both premises, Though I will say this, even though I like the world that it lives in and I think a sequel to it would be fun given that all these characters have now been introduced, I do think... As you say, they didn't build enough of a core for why they are together to make me know where my footing would be going into a second movie. It, yeah, it kind of feels like this was all about the the style and the experiment of showing us a slice of Harley Quinn's mind that it didn't really make a good attempt to lay up fut- like a groundwork that future things could build on yeah. top of.
1: And if you like. Compare this to something like the latest Oceans film, right? Mm-hmm. In that one, you know each person's role within the greater con-slash-job that they're going to pull together. In this, it's like none of their powers or abilities or skill sets are complementary to each other. They're just all able to kick butt. Well, yep. most of them, except for one. <laughs> one. One can steal stuff. The others can kick butt.
0: I, I think I am higher on this, though, than, than Oceans 8, actually. Or... Similarly, at least. Definitely higher than the new Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we're talking about movies that incels got very angry
1: about. But yeah, I mean, anything else last you would like to say about this film, Stephen, before we get to verdicts?
0: I will say that I think between this and Joker and Shazam and Wonder Woman, um, DC definitely seems to be turning the cart around. Like, they definitely seem to have figured out this is what we can do that the marvel movies will not do we can be varied and splashy and not take ourselves too seriously and i think the further they go in this direction the more fun this is going to be so i i I salute the attempt and i also i heard that margot robbie was largely the force that got this movie made because she wanted to have rights to produce another movie and hire an all-female like writing crew and a female director and hire the cast that she wanted to hire and i i think that worked out i'm actually kind of bummed that this did pretty poorly at the box office because i think it is a, a very fun follow-up to the other dc movies yeah yeah Agre- agreed <laughs> so i'm i'm into it respect the game
1: all right well we're going to make you put your money where your mouth is. How into it were you, Stephen? If you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Sometimes I
0: agonize, but I knew the moment I walked out of the theater, this was a recommend with a caveat. Um, which is to say, I think this is a fun movie. I think it does a lot of things well. I like the like splashes of color. I like the style. I like the messiness of it, that it has all these different genres that it's cramming together. I do think it doesn't entirely cohere. And as I mentioned before, I don't think the character of Harley Quinn, as juicy as she is for laughs and for action, I don't think they mine her for the kind of depth that makes me want to keep returning to her world unless they find new ways to shake it up every time. So I I think this is a fun movie. I don't think it is the tentpole that maybe a new franchise could be, so caveat there. This is a a fun, messy, zany, ridiculous movie. It isn't a movie that is trying to build something lasting, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I think that this if this film took itself an ounce serious at any point in time, it might be a bad movie. <laughs> but I think it, it it is light enough and it and it it knows what it's doing and it's doing its best to try and have fun with it. And it doesn't think it's trying – like, part of one of the reasons I didn't like uh, The the Gentleman is because that film felt like it thought it was pretty clever. Mm -hmm. And I think that while that film is fun – Um, I don't think that it is as smart as it wants to be. And that sort of hurt that film. This film jettisons the attempt to be super smart from a standpoint of a really complicated, clever narrative. And it really just tries to have fun in the sandbox that it's in. And I think that because of that, it can achieve a recommended caveat. And I think that if it tried harder to try to be clever with the story it was trying to tell it would have suffered a lot more mm-hmm. in my eyes. Um, so I'm happy that it it went for what it did and it tried to have fun. And all of the people who are playing roles in this film are having an amazing time. And that comes through, comes off the screen, and it helps elevate this film too. Right with the caveat. But the caveat is that it's not really doing a whole lot. It's just trying to have fun with these characters. So yep. there you go. That is our review of Birds of Prey
0: And the emancipation of And the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley
1: Quinn So hopefully you enjoyed that review Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that?
0: You can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
1: You can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash warning, or instagram.com slash warning. Um, if, uh, you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at com, or use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Birds of Prey, so hopefully you are enjoying that, um, and if you're wondering what happened to that review of the rhythm section, uh, it never got recorded because, uh, I got sick, um... Steven. i got sick of going to the movies steven watched some oscar shorts instead of uh seeing that film yeah and uh that was lost of time um much like the film so much like the death of dick long <laughs> hey that that one got recorded and it still technically exists mm. so we'll see
0: if a podcast falls in the forest and nobody listens to it but the co-host does it really exist
1: you're talking about our podcast dude. that's true <laughs> that, that's all the episodes you're right <laughs> um but yes thank you for listening we will be back next week with another review to not jinx it we're not going to say what it is but it's probably portrait of a lady on fire yeah i think it's going to be that unless it doesn't come out near us but it is coming out near, so it's definitely yeah. going to be that movie
0: i think that means i have to watch it a second time too to, to have it fresh
1: yes <laughs> all right goodbye everybody bye guys <laughs>